Okay, I'm here in the Crescent, one of York's finest music venues, with Harkeret and Joe, who um, two of the main people behind the Crescent and, and what it's done over these last few years. So, first question, and either one of you can take it first, is what, what's been your journey to get to where you are now in terms of the Crescent? What did you do before the Crescent, Joe? Um, yeah, I guess I've, I've been involved in yacht music since I left school, which has been a very fortunate existence. <laughs> nice. Uh, we started doing gigs in nearly 20 years ago and bringing bands to York that otherwise wouldn't have come to York and uh, providing a platform for my friends and people that I, you know, musically respect in the city um, and, uh, and got better at it. Uh, and now we're here. It all takes time. It all takes time. But I think you've built up a great reputation, a pair of you, for this place. So, Harker, what brought you here? Um, well, I came to York initially to York Uni in 2009 or so. I remember on the first day of uni, I saw Bob, who's one of the owners of the venue, putting up a poster for, like, drum bass, kind of dubstep, like, grime kind of nights he does. And I thought, okay, I'm a DJ, I like playing club music, this is a guy I need to speak to. And um, eventually, kind of after doing my degree and so on, and doing a lot of club nights with them, um, ended up, after leaving York for a year or two, coming back. I worked at the basement a little bit, got to know Joe a bit better, I think, there, although we'd worked together on some festivals in the past. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, eventually joined this place like a year or so after it opened, yeah. and we'd already started doing our Ouroboros night together at that point. Again, just trying to bring stuff to York that you, you know, wouldn't necessarily expect to see in York. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen some great acts here that, that I, you know, I might not have actually seen anywhere else. To be honest, some of them I might not have travelled to see, but you see them here, and it's like it's, it's amazing. So I think um, so. You mentioned Ouroboros. Did yeah. I say that right? Ouroboros. 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 Kind of exactly. Isn't it a snake that eats itself? Yes, it is yeah, a snake it is. that eats itself. Um, yeah. So that that's one promotion arm for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, do you kind of? You, you, I mean, you have some yeah. lot of world music. You have some yeah. real kind of interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, like, uh, for, I mean, this weekend is almost. If we put more thought into it, it might have made it as a festival for us. Like, <laughs> we had a club show on Friday with a DJ playing kind of house techno garage. Then yesterday we had Fleming Gods, who kind of tropical psychedelic post punk, and tonight we've got kind of forward-thinking jazz from Scotland. So, again, it gives you, like, a yeah. taste of, like, the diversity of what we're into. Yeah, yeah it ticks a lot of our boxes. It weekend. does, yeah. <laughs> and I think when we first talked about starting this together, we were kind of talking about something that kind of joins the dots between a lot yeah. of different genres. And I definitely think people's kind of taste in music now tends to be a lot more, like, diverse, and people listen to a lot of different things. And I don't think it's just tribal. You know, when I was a teenager, it was very tribal. You, you, if yeah. you like that, you couldn't like that kind of yeah. thing. You know? And that's that whole ridiculous punk thing where, oh, you can't like the Beatles if you'd like punk in it. But it's kind of, well, of course you can. You can like whatever the yeah. hell you want. You know, yeah. being exposed to gigs in general, you you, you, you end up listening to a lot of different artists Absolutely. that you yeah. don't necessarily choose to. Absolutely. Um, in fact, you more often than not don't choose to. I mean, um, before, for me, when I was kind of first got involved in York music, I was focusing much more on like electronic dance music. Yeah. And then I think working at the basement and seeing like some of the gigs you were putting on, 
and then I started booking like folk acts and yeah. jazz acts and so on and it kind of like being in the live music environment opened my eyes so yeah. much more to just like good music's just good music oh yeah you know? and I, I totally agree and, and you either like it or you don't and, yeah. and just you know I, I'm, I'm happy to explore and I think yeah, look, Joe, with Please Please You, which I'm assuming there is a Beatles reference in that title. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was always a hater, a Beatles <laughs> hater, but all the bands I liked as a kid obviously loved the Beatles. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, I got, I got a grip and started liking the Beatles after all the years. But so, how long has Please Please You been going? Uh, 2005. 2005, and you've had quite a diverse bunch of acts. Yeah, you? yeah, same. Situation, you just good music, just good yeah. music. And both of you actually, you, you don't promote only the Crescent, do you? I mean, I know you put, you put gigs on outside of York as well, and for other venues in York as well. Yeah, it, I think one of the main one of the main things that you learn is the the, the importance of putting the right gig in the right space. Yeah. Mm. And uh, we're lucky in York to have the Crescent, obviously, full for dance, which is amazing, and some. You know, some more alternative spaces like we've done stuff in the Citadel and yeah. in the Minster and lots of churches and weird spaces over the years. And Bakery is yeah, a new spot for you yeah, as well. Yeah, doing stuff down in Aiken at Bluebird. Um, oh, excellent. And uh, yeah, I think some acts, NCM, we're using a bit more often as yeah. well now. Some, 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 some acts work better in, in those spaces than they might necessarily do here, say, or, or, or wherever. Do, do you feel that, because um, you mentioned the Full Foot Arms, and obviously we've got the present here, and there's so many kind of little little venues that, you know, some, sometimes you don't even know about, you know, um, like the arts barge and things occasionally and, and whatever. Do you, uh, with all that in mind, how much do you think the city's missing fibbers or a venue of that kind of ilk? Um, I think it, we, we, we would... We would Definitely like to be able to use a venue of five, six, seven hundred cap on occasion. Yeah. Um, but Fibbers was, you know, Fibbers changed a lot of the years, and when it when it finished, it was owned by people who didn't care about it. And it yeah. was evident in the in the in in the place itself. And, yeah. um, and the way it was wound up yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, so it it really. yeah. The, the fact that the guy bought it to sell the land. He didn't care about the, the history of York's longest standing, you know. And I, I think that's, that's an important space. thing for me, I think. Um, so, I think I think it's a brewery I own, um, the Fulford Arms, isn't it? It is. So, but they, they seem pretty good in terms of, you know, letting them run it in, in, a, in a good way. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's really kind of sympathetic. That's because and Chris, Chris and Chris and Steph are amazing. And yeah, they, yeah. They've spent a lot of time persuading... Heineken that they can be a venue not a pub yeah and it's working for all parties because yeah. they do such a good job like they really care about their venue and that's yeah. evident when you yeah. go in there yeah and, um, absolutely and it's exhausting stuff you know like you can understand why people don't run out of steam or don't want to yeah. don't want to go the extra mile spend the extra pounds to make places good but See, I also think as well, so you've, you've got, I, I believe, quite a kind of sympathetic owner here as well that I'm assuming is a, a huge music fan. Yeah. <laughs> or at least a comedy fan, if not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our owners promote probably 15 to 20 shows a year in here. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. They're, they're been, they've, been, they've been working in 
bass music particularly yeah. for the same length of time as Please Please You's been going in, yeah. in York. They're, they're, they're very important, yeah. serious promoters. And again, for me, they were the first people I met in York. Yeah. They introduced yeah. me to the yeah. York or- music scene. Ouroboros yeah. doesn't exist without Bob and Ed's like, yeah. 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 roots and probably Please Please You would have wound up eight years ago when the Crescent opened, had the Crescent not opened. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And I, and I think, I actually think, you know, it, we, we've got a rich kind of uh, music scene here, and, and I think you guys help kind of promote that, the local bands and everything as well, local acts, um, as well as actually bringing stuff in from outside, and that's what I kind of love about it. So um, we're sitting here near the, uh, the decks, and I know you have open deck nights and things yeah. like that. I've not been to one yet, but yeah, um, I yeah. will. Whether I'll actually brave doing any sets myself, I'll do a Bowie one for you one day. If, but if, not, not if you come, you need to come down at, at, at five o'clock yeah, when the yeah. old boys are playing. Oh the good yeah. Stuff. Okay. I mean, you know, the other week Penny came down. Yeah, Penny who comes to so and yeah. played an amazing set of like Brazilian jazz. Oh, and I was like, yeah. I need to book you. Awesome. And that's what's really amazing is like sometimes with open decks is someone just comes along for the first time and blows you away and like you know you're just like oh wow I can give, I want to give you an opportunity yeah. to like to play out more and you know there's people who came to Open Decks and have started out nights based from that yeah. I just seen the other other day that someone who used to live in York and like started coming down to Open Decks and I remember like giving them tips and you know all of this and like they're playing Bergine in a few you know like one of the most notorious clubs in the world and uh, that's a really beautiful thing I think like especially when people are just starting out in something provided yeah. being able to provide a space to like try things meet other people with yeah. similar tastes in music and also just like for one half an hour you might be listening to like you know proper fist pumping yeah. techno and then someone comes on and plays some Brazilian jazz that diversity of music is what we're about it's, it? like, it's like John Peel made real isn't it you know, yeah. it's, it's like um, it's random stuff so Crescent's been going what, eight years did you say yeah I'll come so up to October 20 end of September beginning of October 2015 yeah. so what, what thing I'm talking just for the Crescent here um, but you can, we can expand on that in terms of other things you've done. So what's, what thing are you most proud of in terms of either you've put on at the Crescent or has happened here? Or, you know, is there any one thing that you could put your finger on? No, I think, I think the journey is something to be very proud of for both of us from, yeah. from yeah. Where, we, where we were when we first, as, as promoters and as venue operators, where we were in 2015. It's, it's, we've learned a lot. Yeah. Over, over the over the eight years, I mean, the, the the proudest times are when our friends are or in the local scene come and play, yeah. and they have great times. It's, it's celebratory, and, and and we get the opportunity to support the scene with three hundred and one gigs. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I was at the last one. Yeah, right? it was always a very emotional week yeah. for all concerned, and then you know, like having. Pop- being part of the journey of bands like Paul yeah. um, and, and, and you know Captain Starler and Cowgirl and these like bands that are really talented York musicians um, being, there, being part of that is, is something that I, I think it's great to see him kind of get you know from you know, right at the bottom, if you like, to kind of like being nervous playing an open mic night, mm. and then, then you see him on a stage somewhere like this, and it's kind of it's just remarkable. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, there's a, a band of young youngsters 
1718 called Needlework, who came right. and played there. Second show here yeah, supporting Keg last year, and there was 150, 200 people in front of them, and they absolutely smashed it. And I haven't seen them. Yet. And, and, and you just like this heartwarming stuff. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. you know the, it, it's people are always being creative. And you just have to stay tuned into it. No, that's good. Is, is that similar for you, Parker? Yeah, I think like you know, it's certainly helping. You know, especially where the kind of stuff that, you know, booking for Ouroboros is quite, like, niche and different. It's, yeah. like, hard to come across, like, you know, supports for an Afrobeat band or yeah. for a jazz band or some of the, like, more out-there stuff we're doing. And remember there was definitely, um, you know, a period where I'd be, like, going to the uni, like, jazz nights, for example, and being, like, put together a band. <laughs> you know, I can give you, like, some support gear. And being a part of, like, people kind of doing that and being like oh actually like yeah this is it's nice to do something a bit different there was it's been the, really good there's one of those the, a drummer wasn't there in, from one of those Harcourt manufactured yeah, jazz <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 who came back and played with who was it she was playing with Last I can't one. remember yeah I like that Harker it manufactured. It's like, it's like he's the Simon Cowell of York. It's like, you know, that's possible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I think, honestly, one of the proudest things about our, like the, this, the journey the venue's been on is actually how we handled things kind of with the COVID and the pandemic yeah, yeah. and, you know, being able to, like, not only just, like, look after our staff and so on, but just navigate like the world of funding and yeah. you know kind of communicate with the other venues and cultural institutions in York you know we did collaborative socially distanced shows not just here but at the NCM you oh, know was there a few of those NCM and, and uh, yeah. here as well I remember which, and, which was hard work you know but yeah. um or like the streamed concert we did with Michael Chapman that was a special moment I think especially it was kind of one of the last things he really put out before yeah. he passed away you know so I I think like one of the things I'm most proud of is the ways that we've managed to deal with like the adversity or yeah. having like developers, property developers all around us and being able to like navigate navigate that in a way that like brought the council on board with our, what we're doing, brought our audience on board with what we're doing and kind of blended up actually all right out of that situation yeah, mostly. We, so we, we came out much more resilient after the, you know, at, Say the end of 2021. Yeah, we're kind of on the way we were, out of it. We, then, were, we? we were much more resilient than when we went into COVID. I think mm. quickly, and we, yeah. I guess maybe having the opportunity to close for an extended period of time gave give us a chance to stop and think. About you kind of reflect a bit on those things. And, um, Do you think that's changed the direction you're, you're likely to be going in the next few years? Uh, it's. I think it's just made us more resilient. I don't think yeah. it affects our artistic perspective. Yeah. Um, I think maybe with when when Fibbers closed, we ended up picking up a lot of gigs that yeah. are popular that we might not have otherwise hosted for various reasons. Be it you know the history of the acts and, and, and the promoters they work with coming and using the, the venue more because they're not using Fibbers. Yeah. Um, and so, so that that was that was beneficial, and that definitely did have an impact on how diverse our program is, um, and uh, and that's not 
going to stop now. Yeah. It's just going to continue. And, and, and as a result of that, you said you, you obviously the council were involved quite positively, which is which is good for them. But you got involved with the Independent Venues Trust as well. Yeah, yeah. Music Venue Trust. Yeah, during the pandemic, I was yeah. like one of the regional representatives yeah. alongside Chris Sherrington, actually. And... Um, just kind of speaking to other venues around like my patches like the northeast um kind of helping them access funding or helping them kind of deal with the various restrictions that were being put on place at various points throughout the whole period um and that was for me as well like really eye-opening just to like make those kind of connections with other people in similar positions and and so on it was a great opportunity and for you that, that whole, yeah. just from speaking to other venues it's something that you can't nothing can beat it yeah yeah. Peers yeah that are that are working doing the same thing in a totally different way yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah and, and you pick up bits that help you That's and you make friends for you know like helping people stay staying afloat here like, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely making friends for life basically. yeah 100% because yeah. grassroots venues are still at massive risk and I think absolutely um, yeah that's that's another another one horrific. Like, yeah it's, it's yeah. horrific um, I mean we're looking at over the past year I know the MBT's national report came out saying I don't want to misquote the figure but yeah. it was oh, into yeah. hundreds it's scary and I think that on the one hand, we're kind of blessed here because the owner is very involved, yeah. very invested in like, not just financially but emotionally yeah, yeah. in like this place being a music venue, yeah. and everyone, including the owners, are very hands-on. Like, um, and I think as a result, like we're not scared that our landlord is going to up the rent on yeah, us yeah. or sell it out from underneath us and so on. Yeah, so let's build an office block kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not a major threat to you at this point. So. On, on, on the other hand, it really is put into perspective like how at risk all these other places yeah. are. Like My perspective is that creative people need to like own the spaces they're operating yeah, in yeah. because that's the only way that it will always be worth more as yeah. luxury flats or yeah. hotels yeah. or whatever, particularly in a place about, like yours. It York. shouldn't be about the money, really. Absolutely. I mean, you yeah. need spaces like this. Yeah. And, and I think um, people that recognise that, if, if they're on the council or if there's people who are investing money in it for the right reasons, yeah. that's the people you need. I mean, yeah. You don't want someone looking at it thinking, well, knock this down and build a nice block of flats. It's yeah. Kind of, you know, that, that for me is like, just go away. You know, and, um, but that's going to happen. And, and that's. Yeah. Um, and, and it really hacks me off that whole kind of um, they use the noise abatement stuff I did mm. that to a place in was it Manchester? Manchester with <laughs> night like, and day cafe yeah. it's, it's still like, been going uh, through the courts this week and, yeah this week and for me that's just ridiculous you know I mean it's um, you've got a venue if you happen to move next to a venue you're going to expect a bit of noise you know yeah. you, you get, I, I was in a venue last week week before the very same situation that they were talking about some new neighbours yeah been complaining at them directly um, and it happens everywhere yeah uh, and it it's it's worrying really but yeah no I agree I agree but I think you know everyone needs to come together and that's I think that certainly what happened during Covid yeah and I think the good thing to come out of Covid for me is that the music industry in the main has really come together with the Music Venues Trust and, and the local venues themselves as well come together and actually 
and there's a concerted effort now where people can work together rather than oh, we're going to target this particular place and turn that into flats or offices or whatever um, I think there's a there's a lot of strength in that kind of like unity if you want yeah I think when you see so many other venues for example like sharing updates about what's happening with that night and day case for example and um, I think MVT has done a really good job and especially during the pandemic it was absolutely essential I don't think any of us have been able to navigate like the funding streams that were put on yeah. by the by the government, if it wasn't for the guidance that was yeah, coming from them, yeah. um, but also just to kind of rally the sector a little bit yeah. and be like, look, these are the challenges, and these is this is how we need to overcome them. And moving forward, I think as we're kind of you know in this time of like a cost of living crisis and you know venues getting you know shut down and turn into flats and all this kind of increasing regularity it's like more essential than ever like yeah. MVT is doing the work that it's doing yeah. you have to be supremely dedicated to run a grassroots live music venue. Yeah. generally it comes down to passionate individuals yeah. in each of them and that's energy sapping stuff yeah. you know and you, I, I, I'm the eldest here and I feel it sometimes you know, and, uh, and, and and we work all week all the yeah. time <laughs> every day this week yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think I think you know for, for me I come to a lot of gigs and I can kind of see the effort that you guys put in and, and the staff here are wonderful as well yeah. I mean, it's, um, you've got some really good people we're, we're really blessed with like people see you know that it's a fun place to work yeah. and we're kind of able to keep a good vibe with everyone who works here yeah. like sound engineers who you know they love coming to work here yeah. and come from you know Leeds or wherever to to work here yeah. and that's amazing but it's also I think again is that because we're very hands-on either me or Joe is at every gig yeah. and you know the owners are down here every day you yeah. know yeah. sorting out the bar or various bits with the venue yeah. and you know, they live upstairs with, yeah. with myself, so it's like... They, they um, never complain about the noise. Like, <laughs> occasionally. Occasionally, <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's, I think that because, it's because we're so hands-on yeah. that we're able to kind of, you know, help make sure that the vibe is what we expect it to be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I think that's rare. When you go to a lot of other venues, it's... You know, rare to see like the owner of the building pulling pints behind the bar oh, yeah, or, yeah. or cleaning, Ooh, cleaning someone's vomit <laughs> yeah. or whatever it might be, right? Like, but that's the way we work here. Is, well, normally yeah. you just wouldn't see the owners. Or Absolutely, they, they, yeah. They'd just be kind of like a shadow figure for them. And it's very and much not the case yeah. here. And I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's really healthy, I think. It's good. Yeah. It's good. So, been going for about eight years. Yeah. Where do you see this in, say, eight years' time? You're, you might still be the oldest one here, Joe. I, I might. <laughs> <laughs> I might um, come and do some pots for you thanks, by then. Maybe you're a bit younger then. Um, I think if we if we can if we can just continue like we are doing, I'd yeah. be very proud. I think we're doing we're doing really well at the moment. The customers love it. The bands are loving it. Um, we're all having a lot of fun. It's still the same crew management crew in the venue that was here from day dot and we still like each other yeah. and uh, uh, I test that <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and uh, yeah, I think life's about having fun and we're providing entertainment for a city that needs it. And if we just keep doing that, then that's, I think that's excellent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just the same. I think I'm, you know, in love with my job yeah. and with the people around me that I get to work with. I don't want to change that. <laughs> I just want to do more of it, you know? And um, I think we're, we've managed to bring some amazing music to York and just want to continue doing that, really. That's good. Well, I'd just still be coming here in eight years, you know, or beyond the, you know, maybe with a Zimmer frame, but I'll be there. Um, <laughs> we'll get you a chair. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That's good. So just, uh, I'm going to finish with a couple of kind of um, fun questions, I suppose, okay. really. All right. Um, which you may or may not like. All right. So firstly... So when you do get some time off, you do get some downtime, and I know you you're here kind of seven days a week pretty much. But what do you what do you like to do? What do you listen to? What do you, what do you have any hobbies outside of this? I went I went for a walk on Ilkley Moor on Wednesday for four hours. That's not, all right. That's, that's exactly right. what yeah. I want to be doing. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. I want to be outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. We pretty much live in it. Yeah. <laughs> work, work well, four is hours on Oakley Moor. That's a good change. Yeah, it is. That's a healthy change. Uh, yeah, work, work, work takes up a lot of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a little bit better at getting away. I'm a little bit better. Well. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I think, yeah, for me, it's just trying to. I think the thing that's hard that not a lot of people think about is when you work in this industry. It's hard on like your relationships around you, your yeah. partner, your family. Like, you know, I was up till four, whatever, working on Friday, and I'm working again yesterday, that's Saturday, today, Sunday. It's like Monday's the day off. Well, my partner starts work on Monday, you know? So that's difficult. So I think for me, the way I like to unwind is just trying to find those times where it's like we can go somewhere either for a yeah. walk or a little breakaway somewhere yeah. and just try and spend some quality time with people I care about, you know? Okay. Um final question for both of you and it's a simple short answer alright describe yourself in three words Joe or if you want to pass over to Hacker what you think about it then um... <laughs> grumpy fucking bastard <laughs> so, I, I hope not too many people would agree with that you know Hacker uh, <laughs> today loud brown guy <laughs> I do this in a lot of interviews and actually some of the, some of the responses you get are hilarious and, and it, it stems from uh, in, in my kind of previous life is, is uh, in business um, I, I was at a, some kind of business training thing and they said you know the guy running the course was very kind of officious and it was like describe yourself in three words and I just said I am a rebel and he said that's four of them <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you get the point now yeah <laughs> But, um, yeah, I really appreciate your time, guys. And no I worries. won't keep any longer. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure for me to talk to you. Um, and I've talked to you outside of this as well, but, you know, absolute pleasure oh, to talk to you. And, um, yeah, always a pleasure. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Very much appreciate it.